Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. And uh, this morning, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners where I am recording. Uh, that's the Bunurong people. And uh, I'd like to acknowledge their people, past, present, and leaders who are emerging as well. And Annette, I'll throw it to you because I wanted to know, do you know where you're recording, what land you're on today? I do actually, Josh. We're both in Melbourne, but uh, we're on the uh, the Wurundjeri people's land. You were saying something interesting about that's just been formalised? Yeah, so uh, I might have actually seen that on Nicole Brown's social media post recently, and I'm going to throw to her shortly to introduce her as today's guest. But uh, recently it has been actually... Um, formalised um, in terms of the Aboriginal councils in Victoria. There's been some contesting uh, contested land uh, in terms of which Aboriginal council had um, traditional ownership of that area. Uh, and that stretched from the CBD in Melbourne out to the east and southeastern suburbs. And there's some other spots as well. But that's a huge population area here in Victoria, uh, in Greater Melbourne. And so where our offices are located, that was actually a contested area. Um, and so uh, previously a more um, general acknowledgement was suggested. Now it's formalised as Wurundjeri country. Uh, and where I'm recording at, uh, my home is has been um, known for a long time as being uh, Bunurong country. So yeah, that's really exciting. And thanks to Nicole for sharing that post. And, you know, I'm going to say this later on, but for anyone who's on LinkedIn, please go and follow Nicole Brown. She is just an incredible follow um, post, beautiful, wonderful, interesting educational content. And uh, every time I'm on LinkedIn, there's a new post from Nicole, and it's obviously a, a highlight. It keeps me going back to LinkedIn. So uh, I will throw it to Nicole very shortly. But first, I also wanted to uh, ask everyone to jump on Instagram and uh, follow us at Inspirational Australians. Uh, and you can also find us, Awards Australia, and on Facebook too. So uh, check out our page. We highlight some of our guests. We highlight some of the winners and the awards programs that we run here at Awards Australia. It's a good follow. And because it is NADOC week, Happy Network Week to everyone. I'd also like to suggest you follow at Black Business. That's B-L-A-K Business on Instagram. Really great informative account. Uh, very helpful for allies too because they provide heaps of content about what we can do as allies um, for our First Nations brothers and sisters. So, Annette, over to you for your little uh, housekeeping that you have to take care of each week. I could hear the dog coming. Happy NAIDOC week to everybody. Thanks, Josh, for the introduction. Um, my little bit is I just want everyone to uh, listen to the podcast. Thank you. But rate and review it because if you rate and review our podcast, it helps get it out to other people. Uh, and that's what we want to do. We want to share our inspirational stories to the greater world. So uh, get on board. If you don't know how to do it, pop onto the website, awardsaustralia.com forward slash podcast. And I've even written a how-to guide. So looking forward to getting some more reviews. Thanks, guys. Beautiful. Please jump on there, as Annette suggested. Uh, it really does uh, do a lot for us. So now on to this week's dose of inspiration and uh, today's guest, Nicole Brown. As I mentioned before, Nicole is joining us. Not only, we've been trying to actually um, schedule a time. We've both had some conflicting schedules, um, but it's just landed so beautifully here on NADOC Week. Uh, we're recording at the very start of NADOC Week and this will be released about halfway through. And so, Nicole, we know through the Northern Territory Young Achiever Awards and also the Community Achievement Awards, Nicole has been a long-standing judge for us in the Young Achiever Awards uh, for a number of years now and was a 
founding member of our judging panel for the Community Achievement Awards. She's a great leader in the territory uh, and the Darwin kind of surrounding communities. And uh, really, really happy and excited to welcome you today, Nicole. Thank you for joining us. Miledma, but you are Josh. So good morning in Lark, a good day in Larakia. Um, happy Nadok week to you as well. I'm, I'm so glad we finally had the opportunity to catch up. Yes, thank you. Thanks for making the time. I know it's a really, really busy time for you being Nadok week and you're going through some stuff at the moment up in Darwin. We are. We've um, just come out of our first lockdown. Um, it really wasn't foreseen. We couldn't see it coming. And um, this week we would have had over 60 events on our calendar kicking off NAIDOC week in Darwin and the Palmerston and rural areas. And, look, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's been challenging. Um, we've now, as of this morning, rescheduled um, our events to next week, which is really, really good because it's still a chance for the community to come together and celebrate um, in a safe environment. So we've just decided to wait. Um, you know, a lot of our elders, we, we just, we want everybody there. So we've just, yeah, it was a good opportunity to come together. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, trying to find a silver lining, I suppose, Um NAIDOC week is going on around the country, so there's a lot of online, a lot of things, social media, um, and it gives some people a chance to extend it in a lot of ways. Um, I wish NAIDOC week could be every week, to tell you the truth. I would love to celebrate my culture each and every day of the year. Um, look, it's celebrations here on Larrakia country have just grown significantly over the last few years, and I think there's just a lot of people that are wanting to celebrate with us. Um, led by traditional owners here in Darwin. So the Larrakia people lead the calendar of events and really pull it together in a, a really good old-fashioned community celebration. Um, it's really, really great to be a part of that celebration and really kind of spearhead that here. Just fantastic to see happy, smiling faces out, black, white, pink, yellow, you know, all the colours of the rainbow, everybody is out celebrating with us. Nicole, I heard an interesting question um, recently and I wanted to ask it to you. Um, as someone who maybe doesn't identify as a you know, First Nations person or, or along those lines um, and they ask, you know, can I celebrate NADOC Week too? What would be your response to that? Come along, you're an ally. Come and share our proud, our rich history, our culture with us. Immerse yourselves in it. Bring your children, bring your families. Come and celebrate with us you know we are such welcoming people and I think there is a really big movement in that reconciliation space making sure that everyone's on the journey together um you know learning from one another educating each other and I think that method to my madness and sharing the posts on the LinkedIn platform is educating my my followers educating them to why we are the way we are so that they understand and we're not stereotyped but we do have a I guess a traumatic history um, but we also are striving to I guess create a, a really fantastic future not only for ourselves but to bring the wider community together in that celebration. Yeah that's yeah that's really nicely put and I think one thing I've learned from over the years of uh, getting to meet so many interesting and, and wonderful people uh, and many First Nations people is that um, exactly as you said just a uh, you know, come along and, and talk to people. Yeah. We all have a story. Yeah, we've all got a story and it's so good to be able to share those stories. One thing I've taken away from, I guess, judging the Young Achiever Awards and the Community Achiever Awards over the years is that those interesting stories, the ones that you don't necessarily hear out there in the community, those 
people that are just really, really humble and are not up to sharing those stories. But for me and having, I guess, the platform that I have to be able to, to share those, it kind of elevates it. Um, and we get to see those success stories so much more visibly in the public. And I think that's for me and on my own journey is about highlighting those success stories and really trying to drown out that negative narrative around Indigenous people. Um, and, yeah, look, it is. There is just so many people out there achieving so many amazing things. And um, we need to celebrate that. We as the Australian community need to celebrate each and everyone's successes. Definitely. And one positive I've seen as well is that it's becoming um, a bit easier to access really great materials that are by First Nations people, books, podcasts, um, TV and movies uh, and things like that. And so there's so many options this week. And as you said, every week can be Native Week if we all celebrate our culture. Um, Oh, definitely. It's so, I guess it empowers me as a woman to see so many inspiring women that are, you know, getting out there, getting out there and really pushing the messages that they want to push. You know, people like Mundanara Bales, um, Thomas Mayer, uh, my, my own boss, Marion Scrimgeour, she's, you know, running for the seat of Langiari here in the Northern Territory. And just to see, I guess, firsthand the stuff that they're doing on, they're working on in their own communities, it really, it highlights purpose. It highlights people out there really, really making a difference. And for me, it really, I guess it warms my heart because I can see other people making a difference. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I want to be a part of this movement and I want to make sure that my game's at the top and, you know, I'm able to bring others along on that journey as well. And others, again, of all colour, you know, others that really want to be a part of conversations and they don't know how to. So it's I find that it's my place to try and introduce them or bring them to the table where the conversations are that they want to be a part of. Has that always been a passion for you, Nicole, like going back to, you know, when you were maybe a teenager or growing up or has it been something that's formed over time? Not not so much. So I spoke a lot during Reconciliation Week and I found my voice 10 years ago. Before that, I was kind of just, you know, on the fence, you know, I'd maybe turn up to things but not really participate or not really in that active space of, I guess, activism. But, yeah, 10 years ago when I had my son and realised that, you know, he's my future, he is our future and making sure that I needed to have a strong enough voice in order for him to see that firsthand so that when the time comes you know, he's able to use his voice, he's able to be sitting around tables he needs to sit at. So, yeah, I can clearly identify it 10 years ago. And, again, it's my story and I own it that I didn't really have that voice before that time. But since then I've done everything that I can to really educate myself on history, really educate myself on different topics so that when I'm able to have the conversations around tables, I can really articulate what I want to say and I can... Yeah, just just be the voice for people that don't necessarily have the voice or have the platforms. I was talking to some friends a couple of weeks ago. Again, you know, Reconciliation Week, Native Week, you know, it's all coming in together, Sorry Day, Marbo Day. And I started questioning myself, you know. I'm, I questioned, how can I say it, um, intergenerational trauma. So, again, that was a really big topic of conversation and it has been for quite some time, the, the stolen generations, and I can't really relate to it. 
and that that again that's my own story that I've got to own I am not the product of a family member that's been stolen per se you know I can go back one to at least kind of three generations where my my family have managed to stay together and although I'm not so much affected by intergenerational trauma I relate to it I empathize with it I can see people that have gone through that journey and you know they are really really affected by it and they don't have a voice because of that and I'm like how can I be the person to help you with your journey help you find your voice or help you elevate you know issues onto a a public stage if you can't yeah so look that's that's again my own learnings my own journey of reconciliation is there's things that I don't typically relate to or identify with but at the same time I do feel them yeah, and I think that's what you want. One thing you touched on there is so important for everyone in terms of, you know, yeah. coming to grips with our history as a country. Yeah. Because for a lot of people, our history of um, colonialization is very celebrated. Yeah. Then they can't understand. But you know, how is that? I guess uh, it's it's, at, it's very jarring for some people to think of what happened to First Nations people. Well, it's it's. It. It's something we talk about a lot, I guess, here in the Northern Territory because most of the southern states, they were the ones that were first contact, not so much, I guess, the Northern Territory or that, you know, the Northern Territory, far north Queensland, kind of north Western Australia as well. So I guess coming from that and more recently I was um, doing an interview with ABC on earlier in the week and it was, do you know what country you live on? And they did some statistics on it and the Northern Territory rated so high and it was everybody knew what country they lived on and it was because I guess and I'm going to say here as Darwin as an example the traditional owners are so driven and you know they're so visible in the community that people know whose country they live on because of that visibility and coming back to that first contact again our culture is so rich still here in the Northern Territory because we were kind of that last untouched area and you know being able to practice cultural ceremonies still out especially in those remote communities it's it's a beautiful thing to experience um, whereas it might not actually happen down south because of that early colonization yeah, yeah for sure um, COVID difficulties and, and, you know, that kind of uh, thing aside, for people who haven't been up to Darwin and the, the Territory, it's, I can't recommend it enough. God, it's magical. It. it really, really is. I had the opportunity to go out on my grandmother's country late 2019 for work, um, covering a story out there. And I said to my mum the night before, I'm like, you know, do you want to come with me? And, you know, it was all kind of, yep, yeah, we'll go together. I couldn't sleep the night before we were meant to go and tossing and churning in bed and kind of messaging her and going, oh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to go tomorrow. I could go the next day. I, you know, I'm going to be tired. It's a good three hours drive out. She's like, no, no, let's go. And got on my social medias for my one hour of social media in the morning and going through my Facebook memories. And it was the 20th anniversary of my grandmother's death that day. So it was kind of like, oh, this is meant to be. Like, we need to get out there onto her country. I hadn't been there for 23 years, 1997. So her 20th anniversary of her passing and driving out there was just surreal. The feelings, the emotions, um, yeah, kind of all came flooding to me. And I'm telling my mum who's sitting beside me, I'm like, I'm crying happy tears and I really can't tell you why. So we're out at this, this event that was taking place and it really kind of hit home that, 
you know, 100, 150 years ago, someone with the same blood as me was walking out here. Could I be walking in their footsteps? And, yeah, I mean, I still get goosebumps to this day thinking about it. And it made me really, really reflect. So I was you know, out on country away from everyone. And at that time, I feared I was really close to burnout. I was kind of being pulled in every direction imaginable the token person on this board or the token person on that committee and yeah really pull in every direction and I reflected and really thought about my purpose and again my journey my my ancestors you know whispering in my ear you've got to be a strong leader you've got to be here for your people you've got to be their voice and yeah again that reflection so I jumped off those boards and it really made me think about my purpose and where I can add value to the world. So I came back and if people want to work with me, they're going to get me at youth, women and economic prosperity for people on country. That's where I could talk all day, every day about those three subjects. And I think that's that's my passions, you know, really seeing the youth as our future generations. Me, again, as a woman feeling empowered, ensuring that younger women are able to be given opportunities that they might not necessarily given. And just being really passionate about seeing the success of, I guess, business or seeing the economic prosperity on country for people that live on there as you know they're subject matter experts in art culture music life food everything it is to be an indigenous person yeah you know i'd never um considered that how uh, taxing that would be how you know i'm getting what you're saying about being pulled in every direction as being you know as you put it the token person on those boards because i guess there'd be so many times that and there's different boards they're looking to you solely for that yeah. type of expert when really there should be multiple experts and um Definitely. And I think that's the journey that I'm on now is making sure that others around me feel that empowered and that inspired, I guess, by what I'm doing. I've got a couple of young people that I mentor and, you know, they're starting to put their hands up now. How can we do what you do? And it really, I guess, again, it fills my heart to see them wanting it because that's what I wanted. I've got some really great mentors above me that really, really push me to, you know, smash that glass ceiling as they say um but more so smash the glass ceiling and bring others along with me I I quite often use this analogy that right now where I am on my journey in my life I'm on a train that's going full speed ahead and what I'm trying to do is just you know pull as many people onto this train as possible because I feel really really good and I'm in a really good space and I want others to feel it I want others to know that you know there's so many of us around that are there, are there for you to come to for guidance, reach out for support and really walk ahead together. And that, again, it it's, doesn't matter what colour you are. I've got so many non-Indigenous people that reach out to me again on a daily basis just to check in and go, hey, you know, I'm working on this or I've just done this and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. And I'm really happy to provide that opinion because, you know, they directly benefit from it. Yeah. It's, Yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. It would be really hard to try and do these things by yourself. No, you already acknowledged that you had mentors that are helping you, but then to push through and smash that glass ceiling, as you said, you know, it's just so much better to bring those people along with you. So yeah. that must be really rewarding like, to see that. My biggest driver is is my 10-year-old next Monday. He watches everything that I do. He comes to everything with me. He's so proud to walk alongside. We sat down at a survival day event in January, January the 26th. And, you know, it was, again, I 
always played a part behind the scenes but never really went to something like that and it is a touchy subject I live in the two worlds I've got a non-indigenous father and you know it's a hard one to navigate but at the same time I really thought it was time to participate and bring him along to something like this and you know he was questioning me what you know there was a speaker speaking he's like mum what's resilience you know he's starting to question his place in this world and I really hope and that he can see what I'm doing, I guess it's making an impact for him. Yeah, for sure. And I can test to that that you bring him everywhere because uh, at the Community Achievement Awards <laughs> judging last year, um, <laughs> there he was. I can't remember the exact reason, but he couldn't go to school that day. There was something, maybe he wasn't feeling the best. But yeah, yeah, he wasn't feeling the best, but he was quite happy to long and come along and provide his input. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I remember that actually. And, um, yeah, you, at some point you wouldn't have known he was there because he was so... Um, quiet you know what I mean and then yeah I think you got him involved with the uh that's right what's a juggling it's a juggling act um I'm a single mother and it is it is hard to have it all but you can you know with really I guess good planning really good support systems around you I'm really really fortunate to have family here who really support my dreams so you know being able to do everything that I love is really it's really down to my mother she is she is my well, yeah one of my biggest inspirations as well having three children living out bush living remote you know being an entrepreneur it really kind of set the bar for me it um showed me that I could be could be and could do whatever I wanted to do she sounds like an absolute legend Nicole yeah um and so you mentioned earlier your mother's country and your grandmother's country whereabouts is that so Daly River, which is just south of Darwin, um, beautiful home of the Mullick Mullick people. I often share their stories on my social media as well. And um, they're just doing fantastic things out there. I work for the Northern Land Council. We've got a really good ranger program out there and a few females as well. So one of them, she's just become a fisheries com- fisheries licensing inspector so she's able to go out on patrol and question people out on her country you know who may have gotten over the bag limits of fishes and you know might not be doing the right thing on the water on her country so again that's that empowerment and back in March 2020 three days before our country was locked down I was meant to fly to New York to speak at the United Nations with a couple of the rangers from the remote communities who'd never left the Northern Territory. You know, to be able to take them straight over to New York would have been an amazing experience. COVID played its part in that. But, again, it's that that journey that I, you know, I'm very fortunate to be on. I'm very fortunate to go to a lot of things and I want others to be able to experience that as well. So did my applications, got funding for it for them to come and, yeah, three days, the, the unforeseen happened and coronavirus was knocking on our door. Yeah. Yeah. We're dealing with it uh, since then and uh, obviously you're dealing with it now up there. We are. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, been, it's been a wild ride and I guess where I'm at in my life right now as a, an emerging leader in my community, um, it's really good to now be getting out to schools, to talking about lots and lots of different things and really having people I've had you know younger younger people reach out to me after those talks and want to be a part of things want to be a part of projects how can I be involved with this how can I be involved in that and again it warms my heart just to 
see them finding their place in the world. It's a bit of an aside, a bit of a, um, but one thing that really interested me, you're talking about the young person who's now working in, you know, with the fisheries licensing and things like that. Um, and something that opened my eyes recently as to how people interact with their country and the mm-hmm. knowledge of their own country was um, Daniel Motlop, who's got, um, <laughs> of all things, a distillery company, yeah. even a gin. And um, I was reading about it. It was so interesting. And his label is Seven Seasons. Yep. And uh, I was reading about how there's, up in Northern Territory, there's Seven Seasons. That's right. So Daniel's a Larrakia man. Yeah. His grandmother and my great-grandmother are sisters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah so inspiration so must run in the family. Yeah, he's um, a power player and I'm, I'm yeah. a power fan. And uh, I just think he's a really good entrepreneurial mind as well because he's been yeah progress in the businesses he's starting and oh look they're fantastic so he's modeled that off the galometagen seasons um you know we're in damabilla at the moment so it's the beautiful dry season when the clouds are high and they say that our old people used to call that cold wind here so it's yeah again just a beautiful place to be we're not cold but we're not hot and i think that's why we've got a lot of tourists here as well yeah, look, to have people like that as successful entrepreneurs that we can really, I guess, relate to. And I um, did a bit in that entrepreneurship co-design last year with a company called Young Change Agents out of Melbourne. And it was going around talking to young kids in schools about entrepreneurship as another pathway post-secondary education. And what we found was that young kids, especially First Nations ones, couldn't relate to entrepreneurship as I guess you and I think it is. But then if you started talking about people like Daniel Motlock, they're like, oh, you know, he used to play for, you know, Port Adelaide. And then they realised, yep, he's an entrepreneur. He has a business or, you know, the Cyril Riolis of the world, the Nova Perises, the Jessica Mao boys, they could relate to figures in the community that were quite high profile who you and I wouldn't think is a business but their brand is actually their business Mm. so you know talking to these young people and saying again you are the subject matter experts of your song so Jessica Malboy of your culture um Daniel Motlop you you know food Daniel Motlop your sports Nova Paris is going on to being a successful senator in the Australian federal parliament we've got so many successful role models in every sector you can possibly think of that are serving as those role models for our young people and what we need to do I guess at our community level is really highlight that participation in the community to encourage young people to strive to be the best versions of themselves yeah yeah I couldn't agree more and that's, I guess, when I link that now to the Young Achiever Award, that's what the awards are all about, is just giving a platform for young people. Um, yeah. And, again, regardless of their background or uh, anything along those lines, we just want to put them up uh, on a platform because one thing that we feel and that Jeff, my dad, and Director of Awards Australia is passionate about is that there's too many negative, and you said it at the start, negative stereotypes and negative stories. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the best way to combat that is just to show no, these are the good stories. Yeah. These are actually not the exception. These are very common. And we're going to put yeah. them in any of these stories if we can. No, it's fantastic. And look, having had the privilege of judging the awards over the last couple of years, 
throughout the year, I'm constantly on the lookout for those emerging talents. And it's up to us to tap them on the shoulder and go, hey, we really think you're doing an amazing job. I think you should nominate for something like this, whether it be young achievers, whether it be community achievers. It's really us, up to us to do it. Um, because they they might just be, you know, flying under the radar, just not thinking what they're doing is good enough, but in reality it is. Yeah, yeah. definitely agree. I think um, there's this weird, uh, I think maybe because of social media and influencers and influencer, I guess, culture, people think, oh, young people just want to toot their own horn. It's actually not accurate. It's just, you know, there are some people, and you said it before, they use their brand as their business. But, again, that's a small, very small minority. Most people are just going about their lives what they think is just has to be done. Other people look and say, that's incredible. I shared an article last week and it was about imposter syndrome. And I feel like that sometimes. I'm like, you know, am I, again, tooting my own horn too much? Am I oversharing? Am I um, trying to show that I'm the best of the best of the best? And it's, I don't think like that. I want to share things that I'm doing in the hope that it does light a spark in someone. You know, if I can help just one person who just may not be feeling right that day and I again I share a lot I share a lot of inspirational quotes and I've had people contact me and they're like you know that's just what I needed today I just needed to read something that you have shared and I've had others that have logged in and go actually just log on to see what you share because it's like you know I I guess I'm subscribing to so many different kinds of news sites or you know areas that really interest me to be able to share that I think I'm you know, with the, the thousands of people that are on my platforms, it, it does. It's it's bringing them together and it's that education. It's the, you know, this is this person doing amazing things who you may not have thought was doing amazing things, but, you know, let's share him and let's let's get that, that narrative out there. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons I log on to LinkedIn is to see your post. I'm not just saying that because we're chatting. <laughs> Oh, look, I've, I've, had, I've had feedback too, like sort of opposite that, you know, this isn't, this shouldn't be on this social media, go and post this on Facebook or go and post this somewhere else. And I'm like, I, I've looked to see if we're actually connected. I'm like, we're not even connected. You know, why are you commenting on that? You know, I, I feel that I'm posting really, really good stuff and people that want to read it, read it. If you don't want to read it, don't, don't comment on it. But, you know, I think it, it's, it's doing more good than anything else yeah the way i view um linkedin is yes it's a professional platform but if you think about you know workplaces there's obviously private sector community sector yeah. all you know and so it's a place for everyone and uh, like i said what you share is that he's not only yeah entertaining well, and it's i'm sharing i'm sharing my passions so if people want to be a part of this journey with me and really be immersed in all things that i'm passionate about you know follow me on linkedin there, um, you know, there's, there is just so much good out there in the world. There's so many people doing good. And, again, it's the allies who want to be a part of those conversations that I'm trying to bring together. Yeah, we've gone off on a tangent, but I did have a I scribbled a note quickly. I did want to ask you another question about your son, and I just don't want to forget. So I love what you do with him and bringing him along to events. You touched on that already. What's kind of been his, you know, you said he's learning and he's asking all these um, interesting questions now. Have you seen any examples of of him, you know, kind of doing things where you're like, wow, that's you know, fantastic? Or um, I guess is is what you're showing him is that kind of infiltrating now through to his friends and people his age. Kindness I'm seeing come out in him. 
a bit more self-awareness. Um, you know, he can see me up, I guess, talking in front of the public. And he's put his hand up now. So he's done a few welcome to countries at some events that, you know, he's been invited to. Um Last year, we were. I was on my way to the National Indigenous Music Awards, so I was meant to speak, and he came along with me. You know, had to have a suit, so we had to go and look for a suit that day. Oh, cool. Yep. Um, in the car, he's like, "Mum, I actually want to speak with you." I'm like, "Okay." You know, so got to the event about half an hour before it started, and changing my speech to suit the both of us, and. We've said it and there was somebody, I think it might have been on social media, so it was broadcast live on you know, Facebook Live or something, and I had his great-grandmother ask me, she's like, were you pinching him on the leg to turn the page for you when you needed to turn it? And I said, no, he was actually reading along with me in the speech. So not only would he, I guess, read his highlighted part, but he knew exactly in the speech when he had to turn the page. Um, seeing him come down to survival day and hand out the bottled water without being asked. You know, he was running around asking everyone because it was such a hot day. Do you need water? Are you okay? Um, just wanting more. Um, last 20, 2020, we haven't last year or 20, no, 2019. So we had a junior ranger camp and, Again, so my dad's a, a ranger out on country, beautiful time to be a ranger on country, hill country. So he um, had the opportunity to take 40 young people out camping over three days um, and it was their junior ranger camp. It was just it was just beautiful. So being out on country and he was sharing it with every different nationality you could think of. It wasn't just an Indigenous-specific camp for young Indigenous kids. We had African kids, Chinese kids, just kids from his school, kids from local communities, um, really participating in traditional activities. So, you know, um, traditional fire-burning methods, learning how to throw spears. Um, we took them out on boats to an island where they got to play with little turtle hatchlings with researchers that were out on the islands. And um, on our way back and to this day, we don't know whether it was true or not, but we were making our way back through Darwin Harbour and suddenly a submarine emerged. <laughs> <laughs> and the joke was, did my dad call and plan this for the, all the kids that were on the boat because they were all waving at the submarine and, you know, just being able to, again, though, keep the spark lit in our young people about where they are in life, their journey, and, yeah, so keeping them engaged in what's happening in their community and really keeping them involved. Yeah, so that's something that I see his role. Um, he's struggled a li little bit with learning difficulties and um you know I don't think he's going to be the engineer the rocket scientist or the doctor but he's going to be the hands-on person the one again that's in the community bringing people together that need to be together you must be a very proud mum Nicole I am I couldn't think of anybody else I'd rather be doing life with mm. yeah just an amazing little human and again it's that that's the reason to get up every single day yeah, I don't yeah. want to turn this into a parenting podcast, but uh, <laughs> you're spot on because it's, um, yeah, it's incredible and you forget any of the challenges you talked about. The challenges of being a single mum would be, you know, I personally can't even imagine how difficult that would be, raising a child by yourself. Not by yourself, obviously you've got... Your you've got an army. Family support. It's, like, it's very challenging. Yeah. Do you want to say hi to this podcast? No, not today. 
Um, have, you got him, have you got him there on your left? You want to have a quick look? Say hi. Hi. That's Josh. And that's Josh. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, mate? Good to quick, see you. Can you go back to what you're doing? I'm almost finished here. Quick then. We've met twice through, uh, through screen. Yeah. Look, hopefully you guys can get up to Darwin soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking out on our mall at the moment. It's lunchtime here and there's just people kind of everywhere. Yeah. So it's a good good feeling here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, and, um, you mentioned before Hill Country, obviously, being the theme of this year's NAIDOC week. Um, just wondered if you'd be happy to talk about that, what that means to you. I take two interpretations of Hill Country. You know, Hill Country, I guess, in that typical sense of caring for your country, um, what we're doing to, I guess, keep the planet well. Um, but then I also did a lot of thinking in another healing country. You know, I also feel at this time in the face of adversity, in the face of this pandemic, that I've learned a lot from people. So healing as a country, healing as humanity, being kinder to one another, being more in tune to everything around you, um, I draw from that as well. So I, I know that, you know, when we talk about heal country, country as country as a person, country as a feeling, um, being so connected to country. I um, was really, really fortunate back in 2018 to work really closely with the Kenby Rangers, which are based about 20 minutes outside of Darwin. Um, I went over there as a women's ranger mentor and if you'd asked me before that if I'd been lost in the bush, would I have survived? No. Um, I learned a lot from those ladies in six months. So they were traditional owners, also rangers. You know, how to find water if I was lost, looking at the colours of the, the tree line, um, what foods I could could and couldn't eat it really made me understand the importance of country uh, a project that I worked on while I was over there was the repatriation of skeletal remains and you know they performed a ceremony to reinter those remains into the ground and it was just beautiful to I guess watch them calling out to their elders to to know that these these remains were back on country and to look after them. So, you know, there is such a strong spiritual connection. Um, I often tell people as, as a First Nations person, you know, go down to one of our beautiful beaches here in Darwin, take your shoes off, plant your, fir your feet firmly into the ground and just listen. No electronics, nothing. Don't just listen. Listen to the birds, listen to the wind, listen to our old people. You know, they're there. Um, if you listen hard enough. So country, that, that connection is, it is beautiful. And again, we spoke about it earlier, that connection to my grandmother's country, knowing that, you know, 150 years ago, someone with the same blood as me walked, walked maybe in the footsteps that I was walking. I don't know, but so much emotion just came over me. Um, yeah. So much pride in my community, so much pride to see what was happening out there and everyone playing their parts. Um, you know, the, the Hill Country theme is really, really exciting. And I've been really fortunate to see it all start bubbling over social media yesterday, which was day one of NADOC week. And it was just, it's beautiful to see, again, those First Nations and non-First Nations people really 
wanting to understand what their role was to heal country? I think that's brilliant advice. Uh, and just going back a little bit to what you said about putting your feet in the sand, especially, I think that we could all do that more, couldn't we? Just anywhere we are in, in nature or just... Anywhere, in take a minute. Yeah. yeah, take a minute to just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your your contribution to this cause. You're, you know, we are, as, as rangers in the workplace, you know, we're looking at new innovative ways with carbon projects to help with carbon emissions and how we can help, again, looking back at the devastating fires a couple of years ago, how we as First Nations people can be around the table where there's decisions made for backburning or how can we implement Indigenous First Nations practices into, you know, the, the burning activities on countries to help mitigate those really big bushfires. Um, the voice, the voice, the voice momentum is growing. You know, people are turning to First Nations people as subject matter experts for everything you can imagine to make sure that the voice is being heard, that the input is being counted and it it's sparking conversations that should have happened years and years ago. You know, it's, it is just so important that people that have had the connection to country for 65,000 plus years are heard. Yeah, definitely. And whilst there's been a lot of less than ideal things going on, it is really nice now to see people putting that emphasis um, on culture, recognising yeah, that Australia has a really rich, beautiful culture. There was some hard stuff along the way, but yeah, I just I never forget the thinking back to my youth as a teenager. Um, and uh, I think I've said it on this podcast once before that um, talking to someone from another country, go, oh man, I wish Australia had as interesting culture as you. I was just, mm. I just didn't, I, was, you know, I didn't realize. And then you learn, oh my god, we got the oldest living culture in the world. Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. I don't think I learned a lot about it at school. Like I, I don't recall, but now there's such a big push for Indigenous culture to be put into schools, um, to be, I guess, more more showcased across widestream media, to just really everyone in every kind of pathway possible being innovative enough to go, how can we inject Indigenous and culture in everything that we do, in our everyday lives, in our business life, in our education, in our health, how can we have some kind of perspective linking back to First Nations people? Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, before we press record on this today, you asked me, did I know where, what country I was on? And yeah. not too long ago, I was, uh, I was, I guess, encouraged to, to find out by one of our guests, um, Jess Manuela, so people can find her uh, episode probably probably a month ago now, um, from around episode 40. I should have that uh, at hand. But anyway, yeah, she asked me that question too. And um, so I was glad that I looked it up and I had the answer for you because yeah. previously I wouldn't have known. And so if, uh, I guess one thing that people could do to connect um, in their own lives is to find that, just to find out where uh, where they are. and Yeah, find out and be proud. You know, more often than not, um, I'll use Darwin as an example. You work with someone who's a Larrakia person, you're, you know, someone within your family who is not your direct family is married to a Larrakia person, your kids go to school with Larrakia people. 
Um, it's just amazing. We've got so much happening here in that that recognition space, and you know, having traditional owners like Larrakee Nation driving that. It was I was in a, a board meeting one day, and you know, it was brought up: you can't drive to work without going past the Larrakee Nation car. It's so visible, and I think that's why we're so lucky to have people so aware of what country they're on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we uh, wrap up, I did want to ask you, you touched on it, talking about your mum being an inspiration, but I do want to ask you uh, who inspires you, and you might want to talk more about her, but um, who is it in your life, you know, maybe it was past or, or, or currently, who inspires you, Nicole? <laughs> Look, yeah, again, my mum, my son, um, people like my current CEO, Marion Scrimgeour, um, one of my best friends from little people days, Nari Kit, who's gone on to be um, the Speaker of the Legislative Assembly of the Northern Territory. Oh, there are just so many out there. And, again, being able to, to be part of people's journeys, it just inspires me to want more. Yeah, it's it's lit a spark in me to inspire the next gen to reach for the stars. Well, you're doing a great job because, in all truth, you are one person who inspires me. That's for sure, Nicole. Um, Thank you. I think that you'll inspire other people um, with today's episode too, which is why I want to ask: uh, Where can people connect with you to uh, to hear your stories and follow you? My platform that I connect with publicly is LinkedIn, um, not so much any other kind of social media channels. It's I share my own stories on LinkedIn as well as everything else that interests me. Yeah. So on LinkedIn, um, I encourage everyone to search Nicole Brown, M-A-I-C-D, to uh, connect with Nicole. And actually, wow, good for you. What does that stand for? Member of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that. So I've always seen that and never, I should have asked you earlier. Yeah, everyone, please go and connect with Nicole. Go and celebrate NADOC Week. I think this is going to air towards the end of NADOC Week, but uh, over the weekend, there's plenty of ways you can get involved with events. Um, jump on the NADOC website if you're wanting some inspiration. Um, and uh, check out Nicole's LinkedIn because there'll be heaps of stuff on there as well. So, can I leave, leave you with this? reach out that's you know as first nations people again proud of our culture to all of our allies out there just reach out if you've got questions ask you know we're so welcoming we're we're always there willing and able to help yeah yeah now this is some advice i got actually um from an american this is last year in the midst of the black lives matter movement um and it was you know how can we um support you and the answer was to amplify black voices yeah. And I've really taken that on board ever since. And I'd encourage, yeah, encourage everyone to do the same. Um, and even you could, you know, you could expand that as to say um, multicultural voices, because I think um, our First Nations voices are very, very important. Um, and also in some other ways, um, other cultures have been a bit maligned in the right light. So um, that would be, yeah, my only last little bit as well. Thank you so much for having me today. And I'm sorry it's taken so long to finally do it, but Yeah, I agree. Couldn't be a couldn't have been a better time to to catch up and chat. Um and we always knew we were gonna find the time, it was just a matter of uh, getting that time down. Thank you. Now um Annette will have cut it off. So uh this is just a personal question. How's uh how's your everything going with your move to Adelaide?